Listener Production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. In this podcast, if you're new to it, every week we choose something that is happening in the world, a situation, uh, and then we break it down for you. And it's something usually it's quite politically interesting, quite dramatic by nature, and then we break it down. And Dr. Keith is an expert in foreign affairs and foreign politics. You've got three PhDs. And you're really very, very good at speaking in lay terms so everyone can understand and sort of, yeah, explaining to us exactly what it all means because international politics become somewhat complex, Keith. Mm. And you and I have worked together for many years. My name's Kate Mack. I've worked with you in TV as a producer and, and here, obviously, in the podcast. So getting into this, this is somewhat of a confronting title, <laughs> The Coming Anarchy, That's which right. I will let you <laughs> describe. So this is an article by Robert Kaplan, which appeared in February 1994, in the Atlantic. So this is a magazine that I encourage people to read. It does what's called long-form journalism. So it's not the breathless uh, stuff that you get on a week-by-week basis. This is where they have people who are out in the field Mm. for quite a while and then write a long article, and it's always so informative. I've got to back that up. I've read some absolutely sensational articles on that website. So this is freely available on the YouTube uh, or, or on Google, rather, uh, it's called The Coming Anarchy by Robert Kaplan. Uh, you'll notice there are a lot of references to it. It's a highly controversial article written in 1994. For me, what is important to note is just how spot on he was. So let me just say what the world was like in 1994, particularly for our younger listeners who might think that doom and gloom uh, have characterised our lives always, but not at all. So in February of 1994... There was really a belief that we were heading into a new golden era. So the Cold War, which had been the central defining event uh, since World War II, that had ended. So in 1991, the Soviet Union had collapsed. The United States was now the sole superpower operating on its own, no rivalry at all, except possibly with the number two economy in the world, which was Japan, which was an American ally. China uh, was not thought of at all as as a major player at this time. The Americans were starting to cut back on military expenditure. We were running stories about how US bases uh, in the United States were being converted to civilian use with stories about the guard dog kennels now being made available for civilian dog users. So you you had at this period a brief shining moment in retrospect when it looked as though things were really going to get better, that we're going to get a reduction in international tensions, uh, that we would get a reduction in military expenditure, and that we could start to rebuild the earth. President Clinton had been elected two years earlier. He remains uh, quite rare in American history as one of the few presidents uh, who I think managed to do eight years in office without any American soldier being killed. He inherited the Somali disaster from Bush, so it was a bit of hangover there, but generally speaking, Clinton tried to minimise the number of wars in which he was fought. He was dragged into something in the Balkans for a while. But generally, his complaint, by the way, is that he's being remembered in history because of Monica Lewinsky and that scandal rather than for the fact that he presided over eight years of a booming economy with very few international crises. 
So that's where we were in 1994. And then suddenly you get this guy, Robert Kaplan, who's still alive, a very good writer, and he was just simply giving us a reality check. He said, well, it's all right for you guys living in, in the Western world. The economy is booming. Things are looking up. Remember, at this time, Australia was embarking on its um, uh, world record for economic growth, the longest consecutive period of economic growth in the history of the Western world, which, of course, has just been destroyed by the <laughs> coronavirus, but it ran for an awfully long time yep. from the early 90s. So it's a good time to be in Australia. You could make money very easily in, in the early 90s. Kaplan has, comes along and says, all right, okay, I agree. In effect, doesn't say this quite explicitly, I agree, life is good in the Western world, but you've got to look beyond the Western world. And he starts his article by talking about West Africa and what he was seeing developing with the civil war in Sierra Leone. Remember, Sierra Leone descended into this awful violence with um, um, young women getting their hands cut off. Oh, it's a really awful situation. I mean, I know it's always gone on. God, so many countries still do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he was, in effect, serving a warning that don't be too complacent in the Western world. There's some really horrific stuff going on around the world. So he said, look, don't just focus on military hardware. Look at some of the other issues. So he talks about in the African culture, uh, African situation, culture is being redefined where you've got desertification and deforestation, in other words, the spreading of the desert and deforestation, meaning the trees are being cut down, and overpopulation tending to drive more and more African peasants out of the countryside. And, of course, I might just say that it, this was around the time we worried about the AIDS crisis and the AIDS virus came out of Central Africa. So as we've cut into the rainforest, we have liberated the diseases that were trapped in that rainforest. So this is all part of, if you like, of the deforestation. So he says, remember this is back in 1994, West Africa is becoming the symbol of a worldwide demographic, environmental and social stress in which criminal anarchy emerges as the real strategic danger. So he says... You Americans are worried about nuclear weapons, but the real problems are of a different nature. It was an excellent wake-up call. It's a really good article. Disease, overpopulation, unprovoked crime, scarcity of resources, refugee migrations, the increasing erosion of nation-states and international borders, and the empowerment of private armies, security firms, and international drug cartels are now most tellingly demonstrated through a West African prism. Absolutely spot on. If you think of what we're covering in the news today, mass movements of people, etc., he he was giving us that warning. So he was really saying, in effect, redefine national security. Don't think of national security solely in terms of nuclear weapons, but you've got to think of these broader issues. And he says West Africa's future eventually will also be that of most of the rest of the world. Do you think? Because I feel like it's still an absolute mess there in many ways, Keith. In West Africa? Yeah. yeah and he's saying, well, that's, that's the future. It's going to gradually spread out. And we are seeing that. You know, you look at the chaos. We've got a million asylum seekers moving out of Syria, going into Germany. We've got a large number of asylum seekers, etc. 
You've got so many things that he was actually warning us about and, and just in effect saying, look, don't be too concerned about the sort of a glossy way of life. Okay, life is getting better in America, as it was then, getting better in America or here in Australia. But he is saying as an American, look, we've got to just look beyond our borders and look beyond the narrow issues of national security. I might just say that this book, this article coincide with a book by uh, called Francis Fukuyama called The End of History. So this was written at the end of the Cold War and Francis Fukuyama said, we are now at the end of history. Now, he knew that history would continue to evolve, but he says that in terms of methods of government, the American system was the best. Aristocracy in Europe had failed. Now communism has just collapsed. The American system, the market system, the mixed economy, that's the way to go. It's the end of history, guys. Forget all this debate about political ideology. There is only one. It's the market system. But if you look at and that was one of the most foolish books written at that period, incredible bestseller because it was a message of optimism at a time when people were very optimistic. This guy, Kaplan, comes along and in effect says, well, you've got to be very careful. I'm not sure that the world is going to be that much more uh, optimistic. And, of course, you know, we get 9-11, we get the resurgence of Islamic fundamentalism. So we now have an alternative to the American market system, which is an Islamic fundamentalism and a conservatism. And you've also, of course, got the growth of China, which shows that you can have economic growth without going down that American path. You can create a different sort of, they say, the Chinese economic model, which is not the Western model. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Suda. We're talking today about the coming anarchy, and that is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so the way we think in Western world, I mean, really, the point we're trying to make, I guess, Keith, or this particular author is trying to make, Kaplan, is that, you know, there are all these different ways of, of living and, you know, we've seen, you know, as you said, um, well, capitalis- capitalism has still got a question mark over it because you look at China and it's only an emerging capitalist, but their system has seems to be working, but then versus our system in the Western world, communism essentially failed. And he's also sort of just saying you've got to question the way, the end of history, but what's his reference to the end of history mean, first of all? Well, that was Francis Fukuyama's book, which was an example really of the of the mindset of, of with, with, that he was trying to challenge, I think, in the sense that Fukuyama was saying, this is great, guys, this is it. What we've got is is what's going to be the future of the world. And a mixed economy, uh, economic progress, and life getting better and better. Kaplan is saying, well, I've been in West Africa and I see a different point of view. And he warns about things like environmental scarcity, social and racial clashes, uh, geographic destiny, which is very controversial, but in effect saying it's possible for you to be in the wrong country at the wrong time, and um, the transformation of war. Now, listen, I'm, I might sound unempathetic here, but let me just play devil's advocate yep. for a moment. Why should people in the Western world care necessarily about what goes on in West Africa? Well, well, because what's happening in West Africa will gradually creep around the world. So if you're in, so, you know, he's talking about the mass migration of people. So if you're living in Germany, you know what mass migration means. Mm. You get a million Syrians. Yep. As they move as a human wave... What are you going to do, machine gun them as they get onto the border in front, with so many 
amateur photographers going around with their mobile phones. You just can't do that. So why haven't a lot of West Africans, because we don't actually get a, um, a huge amount, we, we have a big portion of um, African migrants, but not to the point of, of um, that you're talking about with the Syrian refugees going to, um, to Germany, for example. So why would they suddenly come here, Keith? I know you're probably talking about from a global oh, perspective. Oh, you're just talking about Australia itself mm. rather mm. than the, the entire Western world. The problem, I think, for us is that there will be mass movements of peoples. We see that in the handfuls that are trying to get out here by boat now, I think that those numbers may well increase. And if you're in Indonesia where you're incredibly overcrowded, your capital city literally is sinking into the water. They're having to move an entire capital city, which has got the population of Australia, by the way, They've got to move it somewhere. If you're in Indonesia and you look to the south, you've got this vast empty land. Now, it's required, it's, again, it's back to geographic destiny because clearly Indonesia is a tropical society. Much of Australia is a desert, but it's nonetheless full of empty space. So why not try to move your people down there? That, that's an issue that the, the politicians in this country don't like to address but it's clearly a risk, this mass movement of peoples coming into Australia. Plus, of course, you get changes in the climate. So we have mosquitoes in Australia, but they don't uh, carry malaria. But as the climate changes, we will have malaria-bearing mosquitoes coming into northern Australia, Queensland. So we will now find malaria. Back in Australia. In in Australia. This is because of the change in weather patterns. Also, in terms of environmental issues and climate change, you will have rising sea levels. It's interesting to note the amount of archaeology that is now being done into Aboriginal history underwater. There's a remarkable program underway at top of end of Western Australia where you've got underwater archaeologists who are finding Indigenous villages. Now, what has happened is that since the Indigenous people arrived on this land 70,000 years ago, 80,000 years ago, you had a change in the weather pattern and gradually the seas have, ra- have, have risen, even more so, of course, in recent years. And as those seas rise, then coastal territory goes underwater, including Indigenous villages. So some of Australia's Indigenous people have got their history currently underwater. Now, if you've got a nice beachfront property here in Sydney, you'll be worried about the beach eroding and the side of your house collapsing into uh, the water. I don't think anyone in their right mind these days surely would not would be buying on the water anymore, considering you see that erosion all yeah. up and down the coast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do come across, I, I wrote a report on coastal zone management, what, 30 years ago, foreshadowing this issue because the MP at the time who commissioned it the late Barry Cohen, he had lost part of his uh, constituency one night, one stormy night. He was up around Gosford and part of the constituency got washed away. Just an incredible situation. So, so with the warnings are being given to us. This is what this guy is saying. Kaplan is warning us and yet we choose to ignore those warnings. That's what I was about to say, though. So, I mean, you wrote that article 30 years ago. These guys are giving everyone forewarning. Is it going to fall on deaf ears, though, Keith? I, well, at the moment, I've got to say it's still continuing to do so. That That is the worry that that I'm concerned. You know, we've nature has not gone away. In fact, if you like, the um, coronavirus is a good example of nature striking back. The way that we treat animals in those wet markets 
And so nature has struck back at us. So this Kaplan article is well worth reading, in a sense, just because it sounds this warning and also the need to redefine national security. Ah, God, what a space to work in. (laughs) Well, I enjoy it. I love it because I like to look at the broader issue. I like to see the connections, as he's done, you know, he's put in their environment, geography, cultural issues, etc. Too often when I work with people who work in the defence area, they're just into buttons and badges. They're counting, you know, the length of rifle barrels or <laughs> how many warships have you got, etc. It's not big picture not stuff. Big it's picture like really, stuff. yeah. And what Kaplan did in this article a quarter of a century ago would just simply say, look, pay attention to these issues, guys. Dr Keith, enlightening as always. Thank you. Global Truths was presented by Dr. Keith Suter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.